Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Quinn, and today I'm going to be interviewing my dad, Brian. Introduce yourself, Brian. Hey, everybody. I'm uh, Brian. I'm, I'm Quinn's dad, and I'm looking forward to this this interview here. We'll see what Quinn, what, what Quinn asks me, if he puts me on the spot or something. Well, to start off, I would like to know what your favorite color is. My favorite color? Hmm. I think you already know my favorite color, actually, but my favorite color is green. Green. Huh. Well, why, why do you think green is your favorite color? So green, that's a good question. Green is my favorite color because I really love trees and I really love um, green plant life. And uh, it makes, it's just something that brings me a lot of peace and joy to, to, to see green trees. I remember one time I was flying into Portland, Oregon, where I used to live, and I <clears throat> was looking out the window, and there was a woman on the plane, and she said something looking out the window. She said, I can't believe how green it is. And I remember I said to her, yeah, that's, that's Portland. Wow, that's cool. So speaking of how you like everything being green, what do you think about global warming and how that could damage our trees? greenery um so global warming is is a huge issue it's um <clears throat> something that i've been pretty passionate about for a while um when i was in college i earned a biology degree bachelor's of science in biology um, even in high school i did projects on uh, green energy and alternative energy sources like solar and hydro power and nuclear and steam, ge geothermal power. Um, and then in college, I did an extensive multi-paper um, project on global warming, did a lot of research. And, you know, I was in college well before you were born, obviously, but, um, you know, 25 years ago. And the science was clear then that global warming is a real thing. And it was clear that humans were impacting and increasing global warming. Human activity is increasing it. Um, it. It will have severe effects on our world. Um, sea level is already rising. It's going to continue to rise. And there's a lot of scientists that believe it's going to bring significant change to the different climate zones. So here in Santa Fe, where it's desert, there's some people who think we could end up um, with a lot more rain here or a lot less rain. It could become barren. So um, it's going to change a lot of, of um, the greenery and the life and the biomes on the earth. Yeah. Well, I noticed that you were talking a lot about school and that made me think, what was it like to be a kid when it was your time? Like, <laughs> when it was my time as a kid? Yeah. <laughs> you mean before cars and telephones and light bulbs? Not light bulbs, no, but like like how it was back then. Well, remember, my birthday was yesterday. I only turned 21. No, you didn't, Brian. I, Everyone knows that. 21. No. <laughs> um, so when I was a kid, 22, okay. Um, when I was a kid, um. Well, I'll start with some big ones that you will be very familiar with, okay? No cell phones. When I was your age, there were no cell phones. Um, 
the old Atari 2600 that kids, some kids think is a collectible now, but most, most kids laugh at with that old joystick thing. One joystick and one button. That's what you had. Um, playing Pong, you know, some of the games that Donkey Kong, some of the games that you know of as the kind of the old school ones, the original Zelda on the first Nintendo console. Um, we had a TV. You've never even seen the kind of TVs we had, except probably in other shows, those big box TVs. That are super thick, but yep. the screen is like... And like they're you... so heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah, phones were landlines is what we called them. Because they were plugged into the wall, right? Yeah, they were plugged into the wall. They went through just like power lines, and the phone signals went through actual cable. It wasn't wireless. It wasn't... Cell phones are all wireless. It was... Everything was wired. Um, so when you went out, you didn't have a phone. You went out. You <laughs> went out without a phone, and that was it. Um, computers, I did not have a computer when I was a kid. When I got to college, I started having access to computers because my college had computer labs that I could use. Uh, but as far as it, the way it is today, where almost everybody owns a computer, no, it wasn't like that. Um, you know, so it was it was different. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, I can't imagine not being able to have like electronics, like crazy games where like it's 3D and like you're you're in the game. It feels like that's kind of crazy to me. But um, so there was a time, of course, when you were not a father. Um, how is that different from how it is now? Like what is like a big difference that like you thought was good or bad or like, it's like something big when you weren't a father and then, yeah. <laughs> so before I came into your life, um, I had no kids um, and I did not have a girlfriend or a partner. Uh, and I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted. And so I took, um, I, I took multiple road trips across the country, camping and hiking everywhere, going to a lot of national parks. Um, if I wanted to, my big video, you talked about video games. My big video game was Madden football. I used to um, play Madden football and, and loved it. Um, so if I wanted to go over to my friend's house and play Madden football for an evening, I could do that. Um, you know, I still had a job. I still had, I, I had bills to pay, but, um, I met your mom on one of the road trips that I took. And then, um, ultimately, as you know, uh, we're now a family, but it's a huge change when you, um, become a father and when you basically become responsible for, another being's existence. I mean, you have a little brother, so you're 12. So you're somewhat capable of doing things on your own. <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> um, and you also have a brother and you've been old enough to watch him grow up. So you know that when human beings are born, they're incapable of doing anything. They need constant uh, monitoring and feeding and watching. Um, it is a huge transition to become a parent and to realize that literally, that, that another human being's life depends directly on what you do or don't do. Um, 
I would never trade it for anything. I love it. And I love you and I love Michael. Um, and I'm really blessed to have kids, but it's, it's a big change. It's definitely a big, a big, a big change in the responsibility level. Yeah. Sounds like I am thankfully not a father yet. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I would not be able to handle it for a second. So, um, that's good. But, um, another thing that I wanted to ask is like, when, like in your life right now, like, just can you tell us an important fact about like your life that not many people might know, but like that will really describe you or say something special about you? Wow. That's a good question. Um, so obviously the listeners don't know me at all. Most of them. Yeah. Um, and I'll say, um, you know, that I just got a new job mm-hmm. with the environment department here in New Mexico and that I think you know that I'm, you know, happy about this job, but I don't know if you really know the level uh, of my excitement. And it goes back to your question kind of about global warming. Um, I am, I have a science degree. I love earning my science degree and I loved studying life and learning about global warming and, and learning everything about science. Um, I worked in science in environmental consulting for a few years after I graduated. Uh, as you know, I took a different career path. I was a manager for a while, um, but I am just incredibly grateful and feel incredibly blessed to have um, gotten this job with the Air Quality Bureau, uh, helping to protect New Mexico's air and environment. Um, it's just, it, it's, I just feel so blessed. And it's been a huge transition to, to go into that kind of job, working from home with COVID, um, trying to work in your brother's room and you're running down, up and down the hallway, yelling and screaming. And, um, but I'm, I just feel really blessed and I'm really excited about the fact that I got that job. Yeah. Well, I have one final question and that is, gonna be something a bit more silly because well a lot of the questions i've been asking are a bit more like important and hard but what's the most embarrassing moment you've had when you were a kid that you are okay with sharing with the audience (laughs) that last part's important because there's there's a couple that i'm not okay with sharing um with any audience much less a, a kid's audience or a younger audience you're not you know you're growing up but um so wow that's a good question too my 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 most embarrassing moment um i would i i have to say that it is probably when um i was in high school and i had a car an old uh beat up car (laughs) like a piece of junk um (laughs) And it, and I only went, I only lived, I don't know, three miles from my high school. So we're not talking like a 15 mile drive, you know, it's, it's down the street. Yeah. Um, and I, my car broke down on the one main road that I had to get on to get to my school and it's a two lane road and my car breaks down and I'm 
16 years old or 17 or I don't know, maybe I was 18, but I, I didn't know what I'm like, well, like today I might know what to do to try and get it to restart back then. No, not a clue. <laughs> and so I'm on this two lane road traffic's behind me. You know, people are honking. My car won't start. It won't go. And I get out and I realize I'm starting to see some of my friends driving their not beat up cars. Cause they didn't, <laughs> they didn't have beat up cars they had nice cars and they're just i see them laughing at me they're driving past me nobody picks me up so i got to get my car off the road and i got to walk to school and i'm late <laughs> and i'm late and and the and the uh the lady in the office says you know what happened and and you know i said well my car broke down so I, you know i walked to school as quick as i could and she said well that's an unexcused absence <laughs> and i just looked at her and i said okay <laughs> Can I go to class? <laughs> but yeah, actually being on that road and, and having my friends laugh at me and, you know, people were giving me a hard time about it later too. So that was, that was pretty bad. <laughs> what it made me think of when you were saying that though, is just like, um, what happened? It, I would have been like, my pile of junk out there kind of like imploded. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think I want to say that it's important to realize at that age for me, I didn't know any better. That wouldn't embarrass me today. Not having the junker wouldn't, I wouldn't be embarrassed about that. And I wouldn't be embarrassed about it broke down. But at that age, things are different. Your views are different and the things that are important to you are different. And so um, I was embarrassed that I drove a junker. I was embarrassed that it broke down, that I had to walk to school. Um, they're not things I'd be embarrassed about today, but luckily I don't have a junker anymore. So yeah, you have a supposed race car. That's right. <laughs> Hashtag a Prius. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening to that interesting interview with my dad. And I hope to see you next recording.